Hi, everybody. So we're so excited today to be here to talk about one of the most talked about and exciting films, the film that has seemed to have united all of film Twitter, <laughs> is uh, the newest film from Sony Animation. We're talking Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, and I'm Rachel, and Conrado is here. Hey, that's me. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah. So uh, before we kind of dive into this particular film, I thought it would be uh, kind of fun to talk about our feelings on Spider-Man uh, up until the, this point. Uh, the, the Raimi films, the, um, the, uh, the Andrew Garfield uh, movies, and, uh, and then Spider-Man Homecoming. Uh, where, were, where are you at on sort of uh, the franchise as a whole? Um. Well, first of all, I just want to say the reason why Rachel has brought me on this podcast is because I am from a different universe in which <laughs> Spider-Man is actually Glenn Close. So instead of being an actress, she's a crime fighter. So she has also won already like 3,000 Oscars, so nobody cares about the wife. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> that That's the... Uh, the uh like the 20th of the uh, early universes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. And, but funny enough, in my universe, we got the same Spider-Man movies that you got in your universe. So we can <laughs> talk about them. Oh, good. 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 That's good. Um, and that's great because I, I love um, Spider-Man as a character. And I always have since I watched the cartoon, the nineties cartoon as a kid. And um there was also, I don't know if you know this other cartoon, Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends, in which he had Iceman and Starfire were his friends. Oh. It was like an older version. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's from the 80s or so. I also watched that in reruns. But anyway, I love Spider-Man. I love the Sam Raimi movies, especially Spider-Man and Spider-Man 2. Mm -hmm. And I have to say, I will defend Spider-Man 3. At the time, I thought it was bad, just like everyone else. But... Um, I watched it again a couple of years ago, and I think there is a lot of going on there. It's a bit of messy, but you know, it's got a lot of um, personality, which I like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm the same as you. I, uh, you know, I love Spider-Man too. I mean, Spider-Man was really the first it and the first X-Men movie um, were really like the first comic book movies that. I I ever really liked because I wasn't a big fan of any of the Batman movies, and so uh, for for me it was you know it was just it was sort of my gateway drug I guess to comic book movies, right. and uh, I uh, and I, I did I guess I did like the original Superman, but uh, but I don't know I just really liked uh, the whole dynamic of uh peter and especially in the second one with him kind of losing his powers and what's he going to do and i think that there's there's uh a lot of i don't know they do a good job of creating a layered character that's not just about the villains which is my problem with batman movies most of the time uh they they create a compelling hero that uh has to decide whether he wants to serve or whether he, uh, you know, and he has to, and he's going to sacrifice mm -hmm. for if for that decision, and it's going to cost him. And so it was really, really good. And mm -hmm. absolutely, uh, yeah. And I think uh, something interesting about that, what you say, also is that we, um, I feel like sometimes we forget, but really, it's the first Spider-Man um, from two thousand two. I feel like it's really the first movie that sort of sets the template of the superhero sort of boom that we're in. Because I think yeah. even X-Men, which came a couple of years before it, they were still trying to do like, you know, these black leather costumes. And it was, you know, trying to be sort of like a 90s action science fiction movie. And I think it's really Spider-Man that brings sort of the... Um, the costume and the colors and the sort of heroism that we're going to see ever since then, you know, up mm -hmm. to this point. And I think it's also interesting that it's the first 
one that sets the template for the origin story that we've seen so many times and that will also play a role in this movie that we're going to talk about in Spider-Verse. That's true. Um, because like you say, the Batman movies from the 90s, none of them had origin stories, really. Mm -hmm. Not for Batman. Some of them had a little bit for Robin, but those were like supporting characters. Right. And Spider-Man is really the first one that really goes into detail of how he becomes Spider-Man. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Yeah. And as far as the Mark Webb, the, the, the one starring Andrew Garfield, I I never really liked them very much because I just didn't really like Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man. I mm. found him smug and irritating for me. <laughs> I know a lot of people like him, but he just wasn't my favorite. I did like uh, uh, Emma Stone and Gwen Stacy, I thought was better than Mary Jane. Uh, I, th I think that was an improvement. I wasn't a big fan of any of the villains, even though I'm not a villain person in those two movies. I thought they were both pretty irritating. And uh, so they weren't for me. I didn't really care for them. Yeah, um, I'm also not the biggest fan of them, although um, I agree with you about Andrew Garfield being a little too quippy, too... Um, too many I don't know he has a weird attitude like you say what did you call him sort of snarky or? smug smug yeah that's what it is that's yeah. exactly what it is um, that being said um, I kind of I remember liking certain parts of the second one they did um, quite a bit much more than most people I think most people trashed that movie but yeah. um, I think sort of like the relationship between the two of them I think they had a lot of chemistry Garfield and Emma Stone and um, you know there's a lot of drama surrounding these two characters that has nothing to do with like superhero fights that I really appreciated and really worked on me in that second movie that's definitely the best part for sure is the relationship between because uh, I think they were dating at the time. So there yes, was definitely yes. some chemistry. That was definitely the best part. I do agree there. Uh, so, and then we got uh, last year, the Spider-Man Homecoming, uh, the big MCU. I mean, technically, I guess Spider-Man was in, uh, in Civil War uh, MCU, uh, but his, his solo movie, uh, with Tom Holland as Spider-Man, uh, I think I th I I didn't I thought that it was maybe a tiny bit overpraised, but I thought it was solid. I liked it. Uh, it just wasn't my favorite of the year or something that people were saying. But I I thought it was solid. I thought they did a good job, particularly with him and his friend. I really liked mm -hmm. uh, sort of that that high school dynamic. They're definitely trying to do sort of a John Hughes kind of a feeling to uh, a superhero movie which was interesting uh, I don't think we'd have really seen that before um, yeah I think we're on similar pages I think the best thing about that movie again is sort of the everything that has to do with the high school and the friends and you know the John Hughes part of it and I think the superhero stuff is not uh, not my favorite I was a little disappointed to see how much they kind of I don't know I don't like being a purist about this stuff, but I do feel like they turned Spider-Man a little bit into an Iron Man with his like yeah. suit and everything it could do and the computer that talks to him. Mm -hmm. I wasn't crazy about that. Yeah, that was my favorite. And and all of the action was was very Iron Man-y. <laughs> yeah. Real. Uh, but, um, but yeah, I mean, Michael Keaton was pretty good as Vulture. He was pretty fun. And there was that, was. Uh, there was that pretty tense scene of them in the car. Mm. that worked really well so overall mm. it was a it was a solid film i enjoyed it uh but um but they had announced this movie and uh in 2015 they'd announced it so we'd heard about it for a long time mm -hmm. and uh at least if you're kind of in this animation news kind of web thing we'd heard about it for a long time and i was nervous because of sony animation was the ones who were doing it uh they had such a rocky uh couple of years sony animation uh, i mean last year uh they had the emoji movie which was not great <laughs> hmm. and uh and they just kept seemed to keep 
picking projects that were just very misguided uh they had their uh, i actually i actually liked their smurfs movie last year but um but the uh then they had the star which was which wasn't very good and i know there was just a bunch of years where they had made really pretty mediocre movies uh but they um they're there i i still liked them better than illumination who hadn't ever done in my opinion haven't ever done anything interesting or tried really at all in my <laughs> um and uh but uh, they there were a couple things that kind of got me excited and got me some confidence in uh sony animation for this was first uh they had peter ramsey uh as a direct as one of the co-directors and he's pretty pretty cool director peter ramsey he mm -hmm. had previously done rise of the guardians uh oh. which i think is very underrated yeah and, i never saw it oh you should see it it it's beautifully animated uh and it, my friend stanford and i did uh talked about it for obscure animation uh we have a whole podcast i'll put a link in the description if it wants this is but he already had experience doing a beautifully animated basically superhero movie so that right. was exciting and it's also really cool that he's the first uh african-american to direct a uh an animated film a ma mainstream animated film so that's cool um and he's just a really cool mm -hmm. director right and that was for uh, rise of the guardians right that was his first yes sort of yeah gotcha. rise of the guardians and that was for dreamworks and mm -hmm. i you know it's not perfect but i think it's a really solid little movie that deserved to do better than it did uh right. it didn't do very well at the at the box office right? no no they didn't do a very good job in my the history of uh, me and dreamworks animation the <laughs> ones that i like never make any money <laughs> oh tell me about it <laughs> yeah and uh so i'm i'm bad luck when it comes to when it comes to dreamworks uh but um but yeah it's i and it's such a shame too because i feel like it it's a uh there's all these books and there's so much potential they could have i mean i would way rather have uh five rise of the guardians movies than five shrek movies let's just say that anyway yeah. <laughs> uh so that gave me some confidence the other thing that gave me some confidence in the movie is when i heard that lord and miller were attached to it uh and just a bunch of the different people involved uh gave me some excitement and uh and then i saw the first trailer and i mm -hmm. was blown away i think that's that was really right what did it for most people because i remember also thinking a movie about a bunch of spider-man that like a it, it sounded dumb to me and it yeah. sounded like a terrible idea what are these guys gonna do this is gonna be bad but then the trailer which you know showcased this like really unique style that they're going for is really what got me interested in the movie yeah yeah it was so exciting i was and i normally not a trailer person most of the time i i'm like oh trailers look terrible uh but this just wow it looks so exciting and uh so yeah so the i was just i was very very pumped going into this movie there was so much hype uh but for me at least it completely lived up to the hype i thought it was completely brilliant on both a story and technical level i can't wait to see it many more times uh and i just i i just loved it. i thought it was incredible uh what was your overall thoughts about the film um i thought it was great i thought it was really good and i hadn't really felt i don't think this way about a superhero movie in a while yeah um I think I like it a lot as a superhero story and I like it a lot as a piece of animation. I yeah. think they really knocked it out of the park on both counts. And Me too. yeah. Me too. All right. Well, so that's how I, I'm going to wanted to divide it up and, and talk about both sort of aspects of it. And so the first thing I thought we talked about is 
why it works as a superhero movie. What in your mind makes a good superhero movie? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I think, I think the thing that I respond to the most about superhero movies, as you might have seen from the things that I liked from previous Spider-Man, mm-hmm. is sort of like the the human melodrama of it all. You know, I think the action sequences can be really great, um, and that always helps. Having a good villain also helps. But I think it's really this sort of thing of what I find so great about Spider-Man is that he has such a melodramatic origin story and he has such a uh, melodramatic life, right? I think in Spider-Man 2, you see this guy who just can't catch a break. He just, everything happens to him. He can't hold on to his job. He, has, he doesn't have the girl that he wants and, you know, and all that sort of thing. So when he finally does achieve something, he finally gets the girl, he defeats the villain. You, It's like a huge triumph and that's, sort of what I like about those movies and about mm-hmm. Spider-Man as a character. Mm-hmm. You know, that he doesn't always have it all together. He's like, sort of has to fight um, the villains, but also fight himself and, you know, um, in order to get, to save the world, I guess. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for me, what I like in a superhero movie is sort of the old school battle of good versus evil and good triumphing and uh and to be you know to be inspired to come out of it uh the you know feeling like uh i don't know just the old i the old school idea of good defeated evil and uh the characters that i like and can relate to at least a little bit uh Mm -hmm. and in that you know you know in sort of the struggle of of life uh, that you have that here the superhero has overcome the struggle you know the struggles and uh and that uh you know good has defeated evil that's why i don't like things like uh the zack snyder movies because for me they're just very i don't get that feeling of inspiration uh of mm. the good has won and uh, they're just very like oh to me and <laughs> um and i mean it's why i like the old school like superman uh movie you know it's about truth justice in the american way and you know, i kind of think that's what i like not this depressed okay. depressed <laughs> superman kind of thing and uh so <laughs> so maybe sure. i i like my superhero movies to be a little cheesy <laughs> for some people i like them to be inspiring and woohoo we won good side one <laughs> and i i do admit that i like my superhero movies to be uh kind of have witty banter and uh and to leave with just sort of a smile on my face i uh and i don't like sort of i'm not a big in general i'm not a big anti-hero person i i'm not somebody to like sort of and it can be done good but i don't know i like my my heroes pretty more on sort of the cheesy uh <laughs> side i don't know um anyway and you know i i think i agree with you on that i think i like them a little cheesy like i am I honestly really like the fact that in the middle of Batman v Superman, this really dark movie, they bond over the fact that their moms have the same name. <laughs> I think that's amazing. I think that's the sort of thing that I want because I feel like comic books come from that sort of, you know, page yeah. turner, um, cliffhanger, uh, melodramatic storytelling of the early 20th century where it's, yeah. you know, just like keep the plot going. Like anything can happen in this, yeah. in this when you read a comic book. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it doesn't have to be so serious. That's what I like about that yeah. sort of Yeah, it should be some more escapism about it. And I mean I think that's in general why I like I like the Marvel movies is is they're they're very like positive and witty and enjoyable and uh escapism uh, and I, I just think they're fun. And um for the most part. And I also like I do like a good spectacle that's uh that's if it's done right. I do like a good sort of spectacle entertainment and you go and, and I get, you know, kind of entertained. Uh, so yeah, those are some of the things that I like. And so this movie, as far as those aspects, 
I think it's so good because Miles is such a relatable character. I think anybody can relate to those frustrations about uh, trying to get along with your family, trying to uh, deal with things at school. Uh, you know, he has these artistic ambitions, but uh, he doesn't know kind of what to do with them. <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh, he just, I don't know, he's he's not... Because I also don't really like super angsty teenager movies, but the, in this case, he's not super angsty. He's just kind of quiet and uh, and a little frustrated, and I just a very relatable character. Definitely, I think he's as angsty as most teenagers are. You know, yeah, it's not yeah, like yeah. an unrealistic level of angstiness, which I think helps a lot. And I think I agree with you. I think they do a really great job with the character. Um, and I think uh, the voice actor, Shamik Moore, he also does a really good job of yeah. sort of uh, balancing, you know, the making him, uh, you know, paying attention to all the sort of drama and, and problems that he's dealing with while making him like funny and, and lighthearted and, you know, sort of attractive in that way. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And he's, he's feels like a teenager i mean it's not i mean they do a good job with this in homecoming but it's not one of those ones where it's you feel like he's you know 35 (laughs) in high school kind of thing he he feels like a teenager and he feels uh like there's certain times when he he feels more like a child and other times where he feels more like a grown-up they do a good job sort of bridging that that in between like he needs people but then he also is really independent uh i think uh he's strong but but weak in in those kind of ways that you know the teenagers are because they're still they still need their family but they're they're figuring things out on their own as well so it's it's a um it's an it's an interesting dynamic and i don't know you just really related to him you wanted him to succeed almost immediately yep definitely i thought they they did a pretty good job of creating his uh, the atmosphere at the school and you feel it kind of reminded me of the uh, the hate you give i don't know if you've seen that oh, i didn't see that one. Oh, it's pretty good pretty good movie and uh you know because in that movie she's going to also going to sort of this uh rit- you know this ritzy white kind of school uh mm. to get it kind of away from the the area that she's there where they live uh and sort of this similar dynamic uh in there but um but i i don't know i just think they did a pretty good job of setting up that dynamic particularly i think between him him uh wanting to do the graffiti art and versus like his Mm -hmm. his environment at school yeah um i think that you know what um Okay, so we were talking about the trailer, right? And how yeah. I didn't really think this was a good idea. And then the, the, what the trailer did was that it made it look beautiful and interesting enough in terms of animation that it was like, okay, even if it's just going to be this messy, whatever superhero story, at least the animation is going to be great. So I'm going to enjoy that. And one of the things that really surprised me in a positive way was that I thought the story and the way they handled the superhero stuff was so good. And like you say, Miles, the character, has to do a lot with it. I think there's also this thing of um, they're trying to do a lot of interesting things with this Spider-Man sort of iconography and the and how we, the audience, relate to Spider-Man, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I get the feeling that it is because the whole deal of the story, I think, is this idea that Spider-Man can be anyone. And it's something that a lot of... Uh, people have pointed out throughout the years is that a lot of kids identify with spider-man because he wears this mask and you can imagine that it can be you behind the mask or whatever and this movie kind of makes that literal by having all these different spider-man and and centering on this kid who does start out in a world where there is already a spider-man and he ends up becoming sort of a new spider-man and i think that is a very um affecting an interesting thing to do especially at this point in time when we've had enough superhero movies that we all know how you know kids and teenagers feel about superheroes so it's bringing it into a new level i think yeah did you feel like the the spider that bites him did you feel like 
that was just random or that was somehow selected him uh that there was something somehow either somebody you know sort of put the the spider into his path or uh it, there was i don't know there was something sort of uh did you feel like it was random or it was something sort of sort of uh, chosen about him yeah, well um I wouldn't be surprised if we, if we get a sequel that they will explain that there was it was not a something random it was not a coincidence it was on purpose or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, at the moment, it felt to me like it was a coincidence, and I just went with it. I was just okay. He got bit by a spider, yeah. um, you know, because that's kind of the movie kind of makes fun of it. It's just going through the motions. Everyone just tells says, "Yeah, in my universe, I got bit by a spider, and I got bit by a spider." You know what I mean? So. I think it fit with the tone of the movie. I did think of it as um, just something that happened. It didn't seem like it had a, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so I should give a little warning as we're going to start to get a little bit spoilery here. But um, uh, so what did you think of his relationship with his uncle Aaron? With his uncle Aaron, played by Oscar winner Mahershala Ali, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he does a really good job, I think. Um, yeah, okay. So the relationship with the uncle, um, I thought it was really well done. And I, what I love about it is how what happens to that relationship because, again, reminds me of the sort of like high stakes melodrama, and it's what makes mm-hmm. his origin story melodramatic in the same way that everyone else's Spider-Man origin story is melodramatic. And I really, I really appreciated that. Um, that they were going into that sort of coincidence and emotion you know what I mean yeah I mean it's really interesting because when it's revealed that Aaron is the prowler uh, is you know is the villain uh, it's it shouldn't work because we've gotten that reveal thing so many times but I was kind of devastated for Miles at that moment I was like oh no Mm -hmm. (laughs) I felt bad yeah, I mean, because it's, it, right, because they set it up so well by making the uncle sort of like the one person that sort of understands him and that takes him out to do his graffiti or whatever. So, yeah, it's a very old-fashioned, you know, punch to the gut sort of payoff. But I, I thought it was a good story, then, yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah. And then there is this uh, kingpin uh, who uh, is uh, is the main villain. Mm-hmm. and uh i you know i i'm not a villain person so i it does a lot of people are like oh he was the weakness of the movie he was boring whatever he was fine for me i haven't had any problem with him <laughs> he's, he's, yeah. he does what's required to do for the story to move the hero along mm-hmm. uh and not be distracting and also the design of the character is so great i yeah. think I love the fact that it's so huge compared to everyone else. And he's got like this weird sort of hunched back and, you know, he doesn't look like a human. And I, and I love that, that they were taking advantage of what animation can do in character design. Yeah. Yeah. And so they find out that there's this, that Kingpin has this, uh, this device that will get you into different dimensions uh, I forget exactly what they call it, <laughs> but uh, but yeah. And so we've they're a particle accelerator to access parallel universes, is what they call it, I guess. And uh, the the Peter Parker from their uh, era ends up getting killed by right. Kingpin, and uh, and then he um, uh, he kind of senses something in miles and uh and Mm -hmm. so they kind of calls him to uh you know to disable the accelerator they fight and uh so there's and so then we get kind of this next part of the movie with uh with these different spider-men who who come through this particle accelerator come in and there's the uh um there's the crime noir these are all real spider-man from the comics they exist as separate comics there's uh there's 
Peter Parker, who's kind of uh, this voiced by Jake Johnson. Yeah, Peter B. Parker. Peter B. Parker, uh, who's kind of the drunk version of Peter Parker. Yeah, it's kind the of, one, yeah. yeah. The washed up Peter Parker. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> the one that died was your all American kind of mm-hmm. version. Uh, and then you have uh, that, and that he was voiced by Chris Pine. And, yeah. and then you have the. Uh, uh, anime spider-man who has sort of a bigger six kind of like mm-hmm. uh, yeah, penny parker yeah yep and then you have uh crime noir uh yeah. parker voiced by nicholas cage brilliant amazing hilarious yeah. and yeah. he now nicholas cage can say he voiced both spider-man and Superman in one year, so that's pretty pretty fun. Uh, in t- he was in Teen Titans Go to the Movies, which is oh really that's actually great. quite fun. I I recommend it. I laughed a lot in it. Um, and then uh, and then there is Peter Porker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, that was pretty brilliant. John Mulaney did a yeah. great job with that, and uh, yeah, and. I don't know. What did you think of these different Spider-Men? And then um, there's Spider-Gwen. Spider-Gwen, yes, of course. Um, uh, so about, I think, I think that's great. I think they had a lot of fun with this. And something that, that I really appreciated beyond the comedy, which a lot of these characters are really funny, yeah. was that these sort of weird Spider-Men from different dimensions um, came into our dimension with a different style of animation right yes. the anime spider-man looks like an anime character and behaves different from uh, miles because she's not a you know western cg character and the same with the spider ham or peter porker who behaves like a cartoon character almost like a looney tune yeah and they have they look different and they are animated differently and i think it's great i think it works so well in a way that it could never work in live action you know right yeah i agree i thought it was brilliant uh and as soon as they had that i think it was like the second or third trailer that they showed all the different uh all the different spider people and i was just like wow you know the the one really looks anime the whole time that Mm -hmm. and uh you know and then you have this crime noir that looks crime noir like it looks like somebody yeah. from the who's in black and white the whole time right yeah. It's, yeah brilliant amazing i i was blown away and i liked all of the uh the voice acting that they got and i liked that they each kind of uh had they they there was none that were grating or irritating in my opinion they all worked together uh as a group but also were fun individually i i just really enjoyed all of them they thought they they were great and uh and you know and it's pretty simple like once as far as the story it's kind of classic comic book uh but it they were so uh creative and uh they did a good job i think creating tension because uh it none of them were like super strong if that makes sense none of them were they even though you think if you have all five different spider-men they like kingpin's not gonna have a chance but that's not the case like they it things get pretty tense yeah well yeah. and yeah and king also has like a henchmen that um yeah. are gonna help him out but yes of course definitely and the other thing that was great was the sort of teamwork that they you yeah. know in the action sequences which is something that i love every time it's in a superhero movie yeah. it's you know the incredibles of course is like the biggest example of doing that wonderfully when it's like one power plays off of another and yeah. together defeat the enemy yeah, yeah there's that that whole meme about a like the you know hold hold my beer kind of meme that they have that it was pretty funny somebody was uh somebody said uh brad bird you know i'm gonna re, re- revolutionize action in superhero movies that so was like sony <laughs> sony animation hold my beer <laughs> Uh, okay. yes. yeah. uh well yeah, it's right. kind of i mean it it is pretty well i mean both of them have really incredible uh action but uh yeah the action in this was was really a great job in creating a spectacle uh which is what you want in these movies it doesn't look the same as yeah. as other 
uh action movies it's not all orange all the time which is one of my big pet peeves of <laughs> action movies yeah um i have to say the the action was good and it looked great i think the action in incredibles 2 is better though oh, i think Bird okay. has like a like a specific eye specifically for like sort of like using the space and making you know where everyone is during the action sequences and how you're moving forward in the action. I think he has something that very few other people have. Like maybe him and Spielberg are the only two that I can point out that are like, you know, uh-huh. top masters of yeah. that. Yeah. But, uh, you know, nothing to be ashamed of. There's like right, these people right. who are geniuses and then there's people who are really great at their job. Right. Yeah. Very true. So all right, let's talk a little bit about the animation. And I there were a lot of things that they really did that was special in this movie. Uh, they, the first uh, full cuts uh, of the animatics and storyboards were, was over two hours long. Mm-hmm. And uh, then they had to then go and they had this balance of trying to make sure it appealed to children uh, while still doing something that would also appeal to the live action superhero crowd. So balancing both of those things and not that animation can't be for adults, but that they, they were, they were in what I read, that was sort of their, how do we appeal to the younger uh, animation crowd and also appeal to older live action crowd. And Uh, and do you know what they decided those, the strategy was going to be there? Is it the comedy sort of for the kids or? Um, yeah, and uh, the and I think the aesthetic was was more what they hoped would appeal. They mm-hmm. they wanted it to feel like you walked inside a comic book was mm-hmm. their goal, and yes. and I think that they very much achieved that uh, that balance. And it's 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 tough, you know, to and and just the balance of tone. I think mm-hmm. that they were able to do with having those more adult moments but then also making it palatable to kids and whether it's uh, yeah, like the um, Peter Porker or just making miles so relatable. Mm-hmm. I, I think they did a good job with that balance. Yeah. And this, and the whole stepping into a comic book sort of thing, I think they nailed that in, you know, particularly spectacular fashion. I think they did an amazing job in, because I feel like there's been movies in the past that have tried to bring the comic book aesthetic to uh, you know, film and, you know, things like uh, Hulk by Ang Lee, you know, how they had oh, like yeah. sort of the panels and whatever. And then Dick Tracy back in the 90s, which had mm-hmm. these like very stylized um, colors and whatever in the comic book world. I think this is the first time that it's like works 100% in which it feels like reading a comic book, but it's also moves like a movie is supposed to move. Yeah. And, you know, um, and I think they did an amazing job with that. Yeah, I think so. I mean, in many ways, I think of uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit that does such a good job of telling a pretty grown-up story, but also, you know, obviously you have Daffy and, and Mickey and, you know, all these these characters that are beloved to children. There's nothing in there that's like, I don't know, embarrassing to to any that's making fun of those characters or mm-hmm. that's uh, i i think they that's another sort of example of of finding that balance you know that works really well that's a great example both in the balance of like you know children and adult entertainment and also in the sort of bringing uh two different aesthetics mm-hmm. together right in yeah. that case it was sort of film noir and cartoons and you know how they do here with like with you know superhero movies and comic book animation yeah which yeah yeah and they had uh ended up with 142 animators working on this film and uh they their their goal was to create uh cg animation uh that uh was combined with line work and painting and dots and all sorts of comic book techniques to make it look like it was created by hand which was described as a a living painting and mm-hmm. i i really think they they succeeded in this i mean it, it's it's really i mean you just look on twitter all the responses from different animators they're all 
uh, just blown away. <laughs> like Jorge Gutierrez, I was wondering his on his Twitter, he was just like, this is a game changer. And I think it's true what they were able to do with, particularly with the scenes of him being being spider-man the way he flies through the air and uh i mean when he's sort of trying to decide whether he's going to going to actually uh jump off the building i oh it's a great scene oh so good i mean i felt a little like like ooh, uh it was just so so immersive it was incredible Mm -hmm. um yeah I also think that the sort of like the game changing thing about this or rather another game changing thing about this whole movie is how uh, we finally get a CG animated movie that is not trying to look like Pixar, you know? Yeah. And I think it's been a long time. And obviously because Pixar sort of set the paradigm for this sort of movie, um, everyone has tried to be as close to them as possible. And now we're finally getting to the point, which is something that I have been hoping for for a while, of using computer animation to look different ways and to use it in all this sort of crazy new ways that, you know, um, are so exciting because we've been having, you know, the same aesthetic over and over. I think one of the things that's so frustrating about Illumination Studios, which you talked about, is that they are just happy with their like rubbery minions and doing the same thing over and over again. Yeah. yeah. And this is, yeah, I, I hope that this is like a game changer and that we see uh, things like this because we've seen some of it in, in other movies. Like, you know, there was uh, that section in Moana with the black light uh, lighting, yeah. which I thought was really interesting. And there was obviously Paper Man, the short, right. which also had a similar aesthetic to this a little bit between hand-drawn and CG. Yeah. yeah yeah that had that that meshing of the the two and yeah i'm so excited i hope that we uh that we continue to see uh the yeah because you did feel like for a while that you know all of the animated films just looked the same and mm-hmm. there there wasn't anything that sort of was exciting i mean i don't know there there was a there was a lot of photorealism, which mm-hmm. uh, I don't know, but I felt like that was sort of with things like the good dinosaur uh, that was sort of pushed as far as it's going to go. How much more photorealistic can you get? And so that mm-hmm. was sort of done. We need something new. Definitely. And, yeah. And yeah, the other thing is that we use computer animation in all of our movies now, all of the time, you know, every, yeah superhero live action movie is full of photorealistic animation so it's not really it's become an everyday thing it's not special anymore right yeah that's that's right that's true uh and so uh they uh what they did was really interesting so they took uh rendered frames from the cgi animators and then they worked on top of that rendered frame in 2d so the goal Mm -hmm. was to make every frame of the film look like a comic panel and uh, so that was really good. And it kind of reminded me of uh, when I was reading about it, it kind of reminded me of uh, old school Disney uh, with things like Sleeping Beauty, where they took the, um, like the, the layers of the right. backgrounds that uh, were multiple layers of backgrounds and then placed the animation on top to make it have a lyric uh, almost illustration illustrated quality to it like you're reading a book and uh and in that you know that's just that's the highest compliment i can pay is if something reminds me of of uh, sleeping beauty i mean it's one of the most beautiful of yes films. yeah that's a great call yeah that's that's totally yeah and that's sort of like yes i i, I couldn't be happier about this sort of like the the animation part of this it just feels like such a you know unexpected thing that we we hadn't gotten in such a long time something that is pushing the aesthetics of animation in such a you know mm-hmm. way contrary to like most movies that are out yeah i mean and then not only do you have that that 2d versus cg 
quality but like we already talked about you have the individual animation for each of the characters which is amazing so uh the the co-director patrick o'keefe he said that committing fully to each spider's unique art style was like making five different movies mm -hmm. so i mean that even added on to it even more yeah it was worth it at least you know artistically and i think the movie's gonna do well at the box office or at least i hope mm -hmm. it does i hope so too i hope so too and uh yeah and then they they didn't just stop at because a lot of movies uh they have something groundbreaking they have something cool visually uh but then something kind of they're so they're so occupied with the what they're trying to do aesthetically that they kind of forget uh to make their writing as good as the rest mm. of their stuff i mean something like avatar you know is like i i i'm kind of a defender of avatar i don't think it's as bad as some people say i think it's mm -hmm. perfectly serviceable yeah I'm with <laughs> um, you, man. but uh it's just too long that's the problem with avatar it's it should not be three almost three hours long right. but anyway but i i think that that is an example of a movie that was probably very very concerned with doing something groundbreaking aesthetically and less concerned with having a good script but here i think that they did a great job with with both and they you know having lord and miller involved I and mean, it ended up the credits went to uh went to uh the lord and miller did the original um uh mock-up i guess uh, they called it and then uh then rodney rothman and phil lord were the were the end credits but right. uh, they they just did such a good job of the script and making the characters uh relatable and fun and interesting and also uh you know making you laugh and they just did, it, the, the story is 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 great it's good and i i don't know i just think that's very impressive very impressive and yeah i mean they did a great job <laughs> i don't know what else to say about yeah. that <laughs> um yeah and then uh, just lastly the last point point i had was just I think that Daniel Pemberton did a great job with the music. Daniel Pemberton and also the sort of like the songs that they made up for the music. This, I've been listening to the soundtrack uh, since, you know, in the couple of days since I've seen the movie. I think they do a great job with, you know, sort of like, and using the songs, not just, you know, like they, they have these great sequences of him like, discovering his powers and you have this like these great hip-hop songs playing in the background yeah. i think they use them really well so that song that when we first see him he's sort of like trying to you know listening to this song and sort of like trying to sing along with it but he doesn't know the lyrics which you think it's, it's a really cute moment that tells us a lot yeah. about the character that's true that's true uh yeah so they did a, they did a good job of that so uh yeah it it's just it is a groundbreaking film it's very exciting for especially for those of us that love animation uh I, in my opinion it's been a very stellar year of animation i i uh i don't know i mean the only animated film that for me uh recently was better was uh with i you know i loved your name i just connected with it so emotionally and i loved it um that that one to me is, is but uh but this is just very very special and it's very exciting and uh i'm just mm -hmm. i'm yeah. just so happy that it exists <laughs> um you've probably seen way more animated movies than me this year i will say from what i've seen this is easily my favorite i feel like i've had issues with all of the animated movies that i've seen this year uh -huh. um this is the only one that i could be like you know, if I wanted to find something to nitpick about, I could, but like, it's nitpicking, you know, it's a great movie. They did a great job. That's all I can say about it. I agree. Very, very good. So, well, it's been really fun to talk about this movie and uh, I really appreciate you coming on and, and just because it's just the kind of movie that you just want to praise and hopefully we can get maybe a few people to go see it and <laughs> yes and yeah i hope the people i mean i'm gonna see it multiple times uh because I, you definitely want to try to have 
that big screen experience i think with this one if you can mm -hmm. and, uh, absolutely yeah. and if you have uh, kids you know i would say kids between the ages of like eight and 10, 11. I think if I saw this movie when I was that age, I would go crazy about it. I would love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. And I think that it will appeal to both boys and girls. I, yes, definitely. Mm -hmm. So uh, you can take you know, the whole family. I think they'll really enjoy it and get something out of it. And there's nothing really like offensive or something that you have to sort of explain to your kids or whatever uh and so it's just great and i'm really excited about it and so yay everybody go see it and let us know in the comment section what you thought about it uh what were your favorite parts of about it being both a superhero movie and being an animated film why it worked for you and or maybe you're one of the people who didn't like it put in the comment section <laughs> no uh not many yeah. out there <laughs> who did if but. you're one of them i wish you luck <laughs> yeah that's right so anyway let us know that would be awesome and so Conrado, how can people find you um okay so the best way to find me is probably on twitter and that would be at coco hits new york or you can go and visit my blog, which is cocohitsny.wordpress.com. Very good. Yeah, I'll have that all in the description section. Check it out. And you can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all over social media and in on iTunes and on YouTube. If you're listening on iTunes, please give us a rating and review. We really appreciate that. And if you're on YouTube, give us a thumbs up. Uh, that is always very helpful. So. Thanks so much again, Corrado. This was really fun. It's always a pleasure. Thank you. Yes. And we, we plan on having more uh, podcasts uh, coming up towards the uh, beginning of the year. We're going to, we'll talk about our, some of our favorites. We did our superlatives last year and we're definitely going to try to do that again this year mm -hmm. and some of our other fun stuff. So uh, yeah. it should be, should be good. So mm -hmm. Well, uh, so thanks so much, everybody, and we will uh, we'll talk again soon. Bye. Bye.